0: We have uh, this is guy, Tom Wright. Tom Wright is the former bishop of Durham in England. He is a professor at St. Andrews in Scotland. And he says about the two Protestant sacraments, communion and baptism, that it is something, it is, it is a moment where heaven invades earth and touches and something happens. He says, I don't want this to sound magical. I don't want it to sound mystical, but it is something that we don't understand. It is mysterious and it should be. But when heaven touches earth, expect something to happen. And so today we get the privilege of not only celebrating communion, but also having heaven invade earth one more time for a little girl known as Cameron. So expect something to happen. I'm going to invite, uh, come on Cameron, let's see if we can, Cameron doesn't like me by the way, full disclosure, um, like at all, Uh, uh, maybe she knows something the rest of you have forgotten or failed to see, uh, but uh, she doesn't like me, yeah, come on Wes, this is Wes and Jamie uh, Kimball and this is their beautiful daughter who's already given me the eye, um, Cameron Parker, and remember uh we're not so great at this, but uh by the way, do you like the scene back here?
1: <laughs>
0: Those of you who have been know that uh, in the summer, when we do our picnic in the spring, this is where we baptize people. This is the Jordan River of South Texas, the Guadalupe over in Seguin, um, and that is where we baptize people during the uh, the family picnic and so next and so we're going to baptize Cameron there too, kind of this is this is water from the Guadalupe, not really it's, it's it's Clean water. Um, when we baptize her, and when I introduce her to you, I haven't been as good as reminding you about this as I am at the river, but the r- river reminds me of this. It's a celebration because heaven is invading Earth and touching Cameron's life, and so because of that, you don't give a golf clap. There are no golf claps when baptism happens. There are only thunderous applause. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's Holy Church, incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. I present to you Cameron Parker for Christian Baptism. Wes and Jamie, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you these questions. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sins? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil and and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? We do. We do. And do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? We do. We do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? Do you as Christ's body, Um, the church, will you do everything in your power to help Wes and Jamie raise little Cameron in such a way that one day she will be able to profess her faith openly? If so, please say, we will. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He was called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection, to make disciples of all nations, pour out your Holy Spirit. To bless this gift of water and she who receives it to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life. That dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in his final victory. I'll praise you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Come on, Cameron.
1: Hi.
0: Hi, sweet girl. See, I'm so not scary. I know, if your dad would grow a beard. (laughs) Cameron Parker, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And I mark the sign of the cross on your forehead to denote you are a child of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you our newest member, Cameron Parker. Here from the pillow ministry at our uh, church, they always make a pillow for everybody. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, one more time for Cameron Parker. So before we get going, um, one uh, two quick announcements. One, Sukkot, the teachings for Sukkot are coming up. Hey, Darrell, where'd you go? Are they different teachings, or is it the same teaching on both days? Okay. Nope. What? Different. different. So you get to come twice. Uh, so there are two teachings, the, the 14th and 21st uh, of September. They'll be at Paloma Blanca. So uh, come. We'll be uh, providing appetizers there. You can order uh, your dinner or whatever um, on your own. Uh, but Daryl will be teaching about the Festival of Sukkot. Why should we as Christians care? Um, about this because you may be thinking but i'm not jewish some of you are right um it, but there is a reason why we celebrate this festival here at the church one in the scripture god says you will celebrate forever uh, and he never says stop so there's one reason uh but two it ties in a lot to our faith and who jesus is uh so and then uh saturday the 26th we will raise the sukkah out here um beyond the pumpkin patch because that's where jesus had his was right next to a bunch of pumpkins. Uh, It's very, I don't know if you know that scripture, but it's great. Um, And if you have palm branches, we're accepting those when? What Stacy said. Uh, Throughout the entire week, not right now. We don't want them now. Um, That week. So we're getting close, but not yet. So there you go. Uh, And then uh, on the back of that forum, you'll see the mops. uh, they're, They're having a donation drive drop off on, uh, on this Saturday, the 12th. If you have more questions about those things, you can go to the city and find out all the information you need to know. So we are uh, closing out this, uh, this children's series and I don't have last week's pictures up here. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you're all torn by that. Uh, I'll have them next week and we're going to have one big prize for the final time and it's not going to be a koozie. Just kidding. I, it won't be two koozies. It'll be something else. I, I have in mind what I'm going to do. It'll be awesome. So uh, so continue to color because you may be a winner uh, just because of what you do today. Now, uh, today's um, scripture is uh, is a great one. And I've said, uh, again, <laughs> they're all great uh, because it's God's word and they're children's stories. And it's so fun to look at these children's stories that we learned at VBS and maybe shine a different lens on them. Look at them from a different angle, a different light. Uh, somebody told me last week, they're like, how much coffee had you had? Because you were like bouncing all over the stage. I was like, none. I drink decaf. Um, I was just so excited about Jonah and everything. Um, and today, I'm really excited too, but you're going to know why I'm not as bouncy in just a moment. So here you go. Matthew 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick That evening the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place and it's already getting late Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy some food for themselves But jesus said that isn't necessary You feed them But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish they answered Bring them here he said Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, blessed God. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and the children. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now. The Feeding of the 5,000, right? This is a huge story. It is a story that is just packed with stuff in here. I have taught on this scripture time and time again. I, I have, I, and I love it. I love this scripture. In fact, I was pulling out some of my, uh, my books that are on, on Matthew, and I, and I have stuff underlined like twice and three times. I, just, I love this story. It is so amazing. Every time I read this story, you see something different in it. And a lot of times, what do you go to? The miracle, right? I mean, they have nothing to eat, and Jesus feeds thousands of people with leftovers. Thousands of people, leftovers, twelve baskets full. Ah, twelve. Remember, I said, anytime there's a number, the number's significant. Why twelve? Twelve tribes, restoration. I'm going to bring these things back. There's all this stuff baked into it. There, there's a huge point here where Jesus is kind of passing the mantle, beginning to pass the mantle to the disciples, right? Because it's this hugely significant moment where they come to him because they know he's rabbi. And what do you do when you have a problem? You go to rabbi, rabbi, send these people away. See, we have compassion. We're learning. Send these people away so that they may eat. We're far away in the wilderness. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You feed. I love it. You should be happy about that. That's what Jesus turns to us and says, hey, it's your turn. You begin to do the things that I have taught you. You know how to do this. And they're like, uh, we, have, we don't have enough. You know, I didn't bring enough gum for everyone, Jesus. And then he does what he does. But when I was reading it this time, something different stood out to me. And it was the very first line. And the very first line I always breeze over because I know what's coming next. I know the 5,000. I know this huge thing that's about to happen. And so it's so awesome and exciting that I just skip over that first line. But what does that first line say? Upon hearing the news, Jesus crossed to the other side to be by himself. You may ask yourself what? What news, pray tell, did you hear? Previously in chapter 14, in fact, just ahead of this, Jesus hears what? That John the Baptist is dead. That his cousin, that his friend, that the one who is blazing a trail, And the wilderness is gone. And I'm sure he hears the story. That John is arrested because he's been preaching against Herod. Herod wants to marry his older brother's sister. And John's like, no, 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 no. You're standing against the law of God and you know this. And he's calling Herod out on it. Herod doesn't like this. So Herod puts him in jail. Herod wants to kill him. But he can't because John has such a massive following by that time. He is considered a prophet by the people that if he kills John the Baptist, if Herod kills John the Baptist, there's going to be riots. And so he's scared of that. So he's just going to be content with him staying in jail and maybe he won't cause any commotion. But then he has this banquet and Herodias, his, uh, his beloved's daughter, goes out and she does a little dance for him. And she dances in such a way that he's like, oh, this is the best You know, I don't know, like Beyonce-type dance. I don't know what she did, but she did a dance that was like, wow, that's amazing. Anything you want, I will give you. So her mother goes, I think you want John the Baptist's head. She goes, I want John the Baptist's head. Because he has made this vow before all of his guests, he has to follow through with it. So he sends the orders. John the Baptist's head is... Separated from the rest of his body and brought forward on a platter into the hall. Not a pretty end. Not a dignified end. Horrendous, really. John the Baptist's disciples, upon seeing. Experiencing what happened with John. We don't know if they were able to come in and to get John's body and to take it out for proper burial. There's nothing that's said about any of that. But you know that they were shocked and devastated to their core. And what do they do? They go find Jesus. Because it wasn't too much ago that John sent his disciples to go ask Jesus, hey, are you really the one? Are you really the Messiah? And Jesus says, tell them that I I make the blind to see, I make the lame to walk, I make the dead to live again. Fill in the blank. They know who Jesus is. Because their rabbi, John the Baptist, was pointing them towards him. So when this happens, they naturally go to Jesus. And they go to Jesus and they tell him the story. This is what happened, Jesus. We can't believe it. Jesus is devastated you ever had something like that happen to you? Have you ever had that news that has rolled in as someone that you love desperately and dearly has died before you were ready for them to? That you got a diagnosis out of left field that you weren't expecting? Either you or someone who you're really close to? Have you ever had one of those those moments in your life that it just shocks you? Can you imagine what Jesus was feeling then? Talk about alone. Because while John the Baptist was there, Elijah, it's huge. While he's there, they may not be together, but Jesus knows that he's walking. And he knows that he's teaching and he knows that what he is there to do, he's not carrying by himself because John the Baptist is blazing a trail for him. Now he's gone. His dear friend, his family. And so he goes away to be by himself. And they won't let him. If you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, it's not a huge area. It's really small. And the area where they probably are at this time is not very far across. So when he gets out onto this boat and he's crossing to the other side to get to this remote place, he's like, I just, I need a moment, guys. I need to go be by myself. I need to go cry. I need to go talk to God. I need to be with Dad. And what do they do? They see him. They're like, there he goes. We can walk faster than you can sail. Right? Right? Because they get there ahead of him. That's what it says. It says when he, when he gets to the other side, he's like, oh, great. He's walking out. Uh, you know, here they all are. But what does he do? Does he go, hey, seriously, I need a moment. Can you people just. Shit? He heals him. He has compassion on him. He goes, all right, just give, 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 give. Give. Think about how many people were lined up if there's five thousand of them on the hill Not to mention counting the women and children because we never do that back then But if there's thousands of people there No telling how many were coming through to be healed of this or that and this and that If you've ever sat with someone and prayed for any length of time, you know that it can be just draining and exhausting beautiful but exhausting And he's working on empty fumes to begin with. And he just comes across and he's like, oh, here we go. You people again. Who still don't get it. But I love you. And I give you everything I can. I always read this a little differently. Um. When they come to him, they're like, hey, hey, Jesus, this is a remote place. It's getting late in the day. The people are hungry. Send them away. I always read it and have read it in this light that Jesus is like, it's this passing of the mantle and this challenge. He's like, you feed them. But I wonder if the passing of the mantle is there absolutely indeed. But if he didn't go. It wasn't just done. You, you feed them. I can't think about this. Heck, Jenna was asking me what we were going to do the rest of today and tomorrow since school is out, and I'm like, I was like, really tired. I was like, I don't know. I can't make any decisions, <laughs> you know. But I haven't healed thousands of people. I had just woken up. <laughs> Imagine, just he's just like done. And he's like, guys, 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 please feed them. And they're like, but we only have a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish." Jesus. Give them to me. You know what I think this really was just crying out to me right here was the importance of. Taking care of those who need to be taken care of. I mean, that's what Jesus is doing, right? He's coming across the lake and he's just empty and he's done and he's drained. But he's taking care and having compassion on the people who need it. And yet, they were still like, give, 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 give. What I think Jesus was kind of doing here is he was encouraging the disciples, hey, you've got this. You have compassionate hearts. You're already starting to think this way because you see these people and the need that's there. And you're moving to address it, but you're not doing it right yet. You're not saying everything that I have is yours. You're not willing to sacrifice it all yet. Like John did. When you see someone in need, take care of them. You know how I'm feeling right now, guys. I'm spent, and yet we've spent hours over here doing this. Everything he does is a lesson for us, right? What he says, what he does. I think maybe this speaks to me that when I see someone who's hurting, when I see someone in whose need, I take care of it. I do what I can to take care of it. Maybe I only have five loaves of bread and two fish. But I know how to get some other resources And I know some other people who can multiply these things And get things done Or maybe it's just I sit down with them And I say I can't believe John's gone either I can't believe that happened either Can I just sit here for a second Just be with you Can I bring you a meal Remember last week when Amanda our Uh, Who who leads our prayer team got up here and she said that we had a couple who usually serves communion at the next service um, But i'll lay you big odds. They won't be here today um, Because they brought their three boys home their triplets um, From the hospital their first kids Show off whatever And she said, you know if you'd like to help them out, you don't even have to know them because I'm sure many of you don't know Wes and Kristen Collier. You should. They're phenomenal people. But if you have that heart, maybe you could sign up with the care calendar on the city or on the Facebook page. The Facebook? Is that how you could say it? This is The Facebook? There you go. On Fa- our New Heights Facebook page. And, and that information is there to maybe take them a meal. Or maybe you like to do yard work. And you know somebody who's going through a really hard time right now. And. And you know where they live and you've driven by and you've seen that their yard isn't where they normally keep it because you just know that they can't do it because John is gone, right? So you load up your mower, your weed eater, and you go over there and you take care of it. You bring the fishes and the loaves that you have and you take care of the need. For me, this story has a lot of different things running through it. Yes, the VBS story is amazing and wonderful. Yes, this vocational call is huge. But for me, for me and me and maybe and maybe a lot of times we have so much hurt. and We have so much need and we have so much pain. And a lot of times we just want to put up these walls and say, no, we're good. Do you need anything? No, I'm fine. Yeah, you do. You need something. You need something you may not need childcare. You may not need yard service. You may not need meals, but you need something you need, if anything, my presence to sit with you from time to time or somebody to come by and say, I'm here. Maybe I'm just going to sit outside of your house and pray for you. But I'm not going to be able to do that if I don't know. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to help you. I'm not going to be able to to answer the call when Jesus says, you feed them. If I don't know that you're hungry. Too often, be it pride, be it um, convenience, don't want to inconvenience somebody, that's me. I hate being an inconvenience to anyone. I hate it. Too often we let those things get in the way of somebody hearing Jesus say, Hey, you feed them. The sermon is a challenge for me in two ways. It's one to let people know that when I'm hurting, I'm hurting. I told Jenna the other day, I pray to God that, I, um, that cancer never before I, I, hate, I love Daryl's shirt today. Um, stand up to cancer. Hate cancer. It's horrible, horrible thing. I said, if I ever get it, tell everybody. <laughs> like, do not keep it a secret. Everyone needs to know because you all better be praying. If not, I'll be showing up at your door going, hey, I'm sick. Pray, you know. And you people need to be doing the same thing. If something hurts, if something is wrong, if there is pain in your life in any way, if you have a hangnail and it's disturbing your day, come see me. Let's pray about that sucker and rip it off. We need to be open with those things in our lives so that people who hear Jesus say, feed them, can say, okay. Because that's the second part of this, right? Is when we know that that need exists, when we know that that hurt exists, when we know that that person has just lost John and just needs somebody to take care of him. And Jesus turns to us and say, hey, you feed them. We say, okay. I don't know what I have to offer. It's probably not enough but you will make it happen. Can we be that kind of community? Can we be that kind of church? And I don't mean Alma Heights. I don't need new heights. I mean the body of Christ that exists in this community. Imagine. Imagine what it would be like. On the night that Jesus was to be betrayed He sat around the table with his disciples Interesting the last night He fed them He fed us as a reminder Of what sacrifice looks like He took the bread and he blessed God and he broke it and he said, take this, eat all of you, this is my body which is given for you. After supper was over, he took the cup and he raised it to heaven and he blessed God. He said, take this, drink all of you, this is my blood which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so we come in remembrance of these mighty acts of sacrifice, these mighty acts of salvation. Remembering that he gave his life so that we might have ours. That he gave us food so that we might feed others. If you are assisting with communion, if you'd come forward right now. The rest of you, if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this gift that we are about to receive. For the body and blood of Christ that we know you will transform this into by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that as we consume this, in this moment where heaven invades earth. That something amazing is going to happen. Because you are going to feed us. And we are going to have the power to go into a world proclaiming the mystery of faith. That Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. We thank you and praise you in his name. Amen. you come forward this morning, know a few things. One, this is not a Methodist table or an Alma Heights, New Heights table. It is God's table. And because of that, all who care to come and receive this gift of life are welcome. We do communion here by intinction, which means you'll be given a piece of the bread to which you will then dip into the cup. And um, our prayer team is going to be under the Jesus cross. Looks like uh, there's one over there. I'll be over here um, as well. Should you care to come through um, and receive prayer? She's doing anointing over there. Yep. Um, I won't be because um, it involves touching your foreheads and that's just not going to happen. Um, so, uh, if you want anointing, go that side. Uh, we're going to do this wing since you're there. Uh, they will, if you wait, let center come through and then they will move to you. Um, if y'all would just file in the table's prepared and open. Come.
1: together as we declare this response to what the Lord has shown us this morning and how the Lord has fed us at his table. We're going to sing we give you praise and all of the honor you are the God the one we live for. We give you praise and all of the glory God